welcome to Cabin Boy Minute 37. Here we see Nathaniel still underwater, rescued by a hero shark man, and hauled in by his crewmates. Get ready to set sail on Cabin Boy Minute 37. Cabin Boy Minute 37. 37. This is going to be a great episode. Mm. I'm just setting the expectation way up there. Okay, well, take us on this journey, please. Yeah, buckle up. All right, well, here we see a glimpse of... We we will refer to the Shark Man as Chalky, as we all know, but... Up to this minute, in fairness, they do not name him as Chalky. So we see a glimpse of Chalky in the background behind the sea arch. That first look of him could just be a shark. Can't really make out the half man, half shark aspect. Yeah, that was my thought that it was that that first kind of glimpse of him going across the screen was just a, a toy shark, a shark model, something like that. Do we think perhaps CGI? I don't think at any point in this movie we're seeing anything that we would consider kind of modern CGI. I think this is more kind of old school, you know, layering of shots on top of each other type thing. You know, like the clouds blowing on the filthy whore or um, the ice monster, right? It's more of the kind of dynamation type work versus cgi and so with this i would think it's similar it's more of like you know it's a shot of something in the background but if anything it was just kind of sort of layered in there the reason i ask the caudal fin Mm -hmm. the movement does feel animated to me i mean it clearly it could be a puppet i mean it could be chalky himself like we're we're assuming that chalky when we actually see him as actor russ tamblin that he's on wires, much in the same way that they said Chris was. But, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. It doesn't seem like anything else was actually animated, like cartoon-drawn animated. It was likely dynamation of some sort. Yeah, uh, that would be my guess. Either either dynamation or, you know, they, they, maybe they just had a model kind of going in the background of the shot. Uh, so let me see him uh, swim back kind of the other way. So he's doing little uh, you know, zigzaggy motion. I guess the beings in Hell's Bucket move in zigzaggy ways. Is that a uh, general? <laughs> he's doing laps. <laughs> he's exercising. Yeah. Happened upon him in his exercise routine. Right, yeah. And then out of the corner of his eye, he saw Nathaniel out there just sitting, drowning. Maybe there's a current that's going in Chalky's direction, and he's kind of tacking across the current to get up to Nathaniel. Hmm. So Nathaniel shakes his head, kind of squints a bit, get a better look. So I was watching that, and I was thinking to myself, like, you know, it's got to hurt his eyes to be sitting underwater like that, you know, with his eyes open, you know, it's in salt water. You know, I was like, that that can't be comfortable. 
but no, I was wrong. You, in fact, uh, can open your eyes underwater. They'll get a little irritated from the salt for a short period of time, uh, but that uh, passes very quickly. And otherwise, there's a real no ill effects from opening your eyes under seawater. Uh, there's a minor possibility of getting an infection because obviously the seawater is not sterile, but that doesn't happen uh, very often. And also, you know, he's trying to see, can't really tell what's going on. That's because when you open your eyes underwater and you try to look with your naked eye, you lose the ability to pre-focus the image since the seawater and the liquid in our eyes have virtually the same refractive index. And you also need to widen your pupils to pull in more light because it's darker underwater and that also makes the image blurrier. So that's why you can't see as well. So there are people who can see more than twice as clearly underwater than the average person. They're known as the Moken people. They inhabit the Andaman Sea between Thailand and Myanmar. And Moken children learn to control their pupil dilation in order to focus light rays more closely, resulting in clearer underwater vision. Huh. All right. Let's just dive into all this. This here, Chucky. Dive into Chucky. Dive this into Chucky. So, I mean, you get a good look. He appears to be striped. Yes, black yes. stripes. Yeah, when he goes and places Nathaniel on the raft, you get a clear view of his back, and he has some strong kind of black triangular stripes that come down from the, the spine across his body. So based on those marks, the striping and his coloration, I place Chalky as a tiger shark. I also assumed Chalky was a tiger shark, a quick foray onto the internet showed that it wasn't maybe an exact match to the normal coloration and patterning of a tiger shark, but it was close enough. Uh, so I'll take that as 100% confirmation that it's a tiger shark. Yes, you may. So a tiger shark being a species of requiem shark found in many tropical and temperate waters, especially around central Pacific islands. They have dark stripes down its body, but these stripes fade as it matures. They are solitary, and they have the widest food spectrum of all sharks. And get this, tiger sharks second only to the great white shark in recorded fatal attacks by humans. Mm-hmm, and, they're nasty bastards. And in fact, the surfing champ, Bethany Hamilton was attacked by a tiger shark losing her left arm at the age of 13 in 2003 in Hawaii. So tiger sharks are in and around Hawaii. They account for about three to four shark bites per year in Hawaii. So he's a some sort of human tiger shark hybrid. The tiger shark is considered to be the sacred Na Anmakwa, the ancestor spirit, by some native Hawaiians. Mm. These native Hawaiians think that the tiger shark's eyeballs have special powers of visual perception, often believed an omen of good or ill. There are many stories of the Na Anmaka in animal form, intervening to save their descendants from harm. This is leading to the fact that perhaps Nathaniel is a descendant 
of Chalky in some way. Mm. So these are protectors. They're particular animal spirits that are protectors of their descendants. So you're saying that Chalky is actually a manifestation of the shark spirit. Yeah. Furthermore, these Na-Anmaka were animals, places, people, and rocks. Hawaiians saw no contradiction in a powerful spirit being able to appear as all three or switching from form to form as convenient. And if anyone's a fan of the Disney movie Moana, we see this Hawaiian tradition kind of playing out in the character of Maui, where he transforms into a hawk, a gecko, and even a shark at times. So that's that Hawaiian legend kind of playing itself out. Whatever its form, the Na'amakawa is only one specific shark, owl, or whatever. However, all members of the species are treated with respect by family members. So meaning that the Mayweathers perhaps could have their own Hawaiian spirit of Chalky or the tiger shark that is respected by their family as a whole. Mm. Because they do have this Hawaiian, I don't know how long their history goes back in Hawaii. You know, they do have this Hawaiian hotel chain, perhaps, although they do not appear to be descendants of uh, native Hawaiians by their looks. Perhaps they have been there for quite some time and adopted their traditions. It's possible that, you know, if the Mayweathers have been there for generations, maybe early on one of them had a Hawaiian wife or husband. And I mean, since then, it could be that they've, you know, at least Nathaniel's lineage has mostly been Caucasian. So most of that Hawaiian blood has been diluted out, but there still could be some connection there. And maybe that original Mayweather couple believed in all these kind of Hawaiian traditions and spirits and what have you. And that was that original link. And maybe they've carried that along. And uh, it's just by the time we've gotten to Nathaniel, Nathaniel is is too far removed. He's not aware of or respectful of these things. But I do find it, I don't know, suspect or convincing that, you know, he's determined to be a tiger shark. You look up tiger shark. One of the things that they talk about under mythology is that there's these Hawaiian legends about them protecting and intervening to save their descendants, I mean, there's something there in in reality to make connections that aren't just the usual when we're trying to force reality into the sphere of Cabin Boy. Uh, No, no, no. I think there's a definite hook there, right? Because you wonder why Chalky chooses to save Nathaniel. Why does Chalky take a shine to Nathaniel? as you know skunk notes like it there at no point in the movie do we get any indication that chalky has any sort of uh, interest in nathaniel other than he saw him and was like oh here's a toy for me to play with but if there was some spiritual or ancestral connection that would kind of let everything hang together a little more nicely and again given that we don't know how long the mayweathers have been in hawaii it's it's a possibility this is a Hawaiian tradition, too. We're not talking about, you know, just pulling something from the Philippines or whatever and mm-hmm. trying to apply it here. 
there's quite a few through lines that connect here. And like you're saying, I mean, they, they kind of pulling at straws that the crew gives for an explanation later make a lot less sense than this explanation, I would argue. So it all it all fits. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it does kind of put it in a different context that this wasn't just a, a random he's exercising, doing his laps down there and just sees this guy underwater and was more manifested to this spot to intervene, to assist Nathaniel specifically for who he is. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I like that. It uh you know, it, it, it explains a lot of things that otherwise, you know, <laughs> just don't make sense. Yeah, I mean, he, if you think, you know, going forward, I mean, he even, again, tries to save him with Mulligan and everything. I mean, this is not just a one-off. So, some other notes about just Chalky as a... Now, look, this is a little suspending the fact that he's half man, half shark. If we were to just relate him to your garden variety tiger shark... You know, these tiger sharks get up to like 16 feet. I mean, he, he looks like he's a regular sized, you know, uh, five and a half to six foot man. He does not seem anywhere near 16 feet. But, but another piece makes me think that perhaps he is a younger shark than we would expect. One of the things that they mentioned about these tiger sharks are that the stripes fade as it matures. His stripes seem very defined, so it may lead me to believe that he is a younger shark. Obviously, there's a lot of problems here with the mythological setup and how that affects your, uh, you know, your changes. But if we just compare him to tiger sharks, he may be a younger, smaller tiger shark based on stripes and length. Hmm. I just uh, back on to the legend. I mean, there there are even further legends. There is a legend of Nanui, the shark man of the big island of Hawaii. So there is an actual reference to not just tiger sharks as mythical creatures, but an actual shark man of Hawaii. And this is not isolated to just Hawaii as well, though, there's also in the uh, what's known as the Fijian shark god, Dakuahua. He's half man, half shark, and he would help fishermen avoid danger at sea. So it seems to be a, a general kind of, uh, you know, one of these collective consciousness bits of the world where shark men help fisher people. So now the shark tooth necklace. The actual tooth itself seems perfectly triangular. And when I researched that particular shark tooth, the assumption to me would be that that shark tooth was one of his ancestors or something. But a tiger shark in particular has these very like crooked teeth with like a serration on the side that is used specifically for ripping flesh. So... That particular tooth does look like a, a shark tooth. It looked closer to a blue shark's tooth. So mm. what I was thinking was maybe this shark tooth necklace is actually some sort of trophy of his. You know, maybe a, a shark that he got in a, some big battle that he uh, defeated. And now he took it as like a trophy of battle. That was my assumption, that uh, the, the necklace was one of two things. It was either 
as you just described, where he was in a fight with some shark at some point, some other shark that was, uh, you know, maybe getting in on his territory and he defeated the shark and took its tooth. Or it was from one of his either parents or ancestors who, you know, maybe similarly had to do battle with a shark, took the tooth or, uh, you know, saved the tooth as some sort of memento or, or holy item. And then he's inherited that and uh, kept it for himself. Let's review. The evidence before you is incontrovertible. Overall, in this Cabin Boy movie, we have seen a surprising level of accuracy and detail unbeknownst to the casual watcher. Can, can we say that? Will we agree here? Yes. Yeah, that's not an argument. Okay. So the fact that Chucky is a shark man that looks very similar to a tiger shark that is found around the Hawaiian Pacific Islands who are known for having mythological stories of saving descendants that are in trouble, fisher people, and these multiple even shark man tales throughout the world and even specifically Hawaii, that this isn't some just random crazy bullshit that was thrown together that there was some historical basis of fact here to put this all together. I will give that a 60% chance, with the other 40% being that this is a kind of a collective consciousness type thing, in that Adam came up with the idea, thought it was something you know original or at least uh, you know not particularly connected to anything but was really sort of like a, a collective human memory that he brought forth and placed into the movie. So I think there's a chance that it was unintentional, but still part of the, the greater kind of human psyche. Right. And look, it, it could be as simple as just saying he puts, you know, he doesn't say exactly what the shark man looks like. So it could just be as simple as, we've been talking about throughout. There was some sort of research team working on this. The costume designer, who we know is a real professional that's worked with these uh, Tim Burton crew, could have, you know, went the extra mile. How hard would that be able to do? I mean, if this was your job and you took your job seriously and you wanted to come up with what a shark man around Hawaii would look like, you pick the tiger shark because it's also better than picking a great white shark or something that would just have, you know, no real contrast to it and you wouldn't be able to do much with it. It's it's a better kind of thing to pick. And knowing that there are these even half shark man legends and all this shit, if you did even the slightest bit of research, you could come up with this. So I don't know. Again, I'm just very impressed with what the Cabin Boy research team and the entire, maybe not the production crew necessarily, <laughs> but somebody was doing something here that was more intricate than just some shitty movie i will certainly agree with that all right but just on to the actual costume itself assuming that it's he's not a real shark man because we know this is russ tamblin who as far as i know is not a real shark man the upper portion like his back portion seems to be painted on great all right so he puts nathaniel up onto the raft he gives him a pat on the knee, <laughs> which is great, after lifting him up on the raft. 
you know, a little extra recognition, a little extra love, even if he was just like a good Samaritan, half man, half shark, would probably likely not pat the knee in such a familiar way. It, it is true. Not quite overstepping, but he, he almost treats Nathaniel a bit like a child. Uh, there's just something about these uh, these Hell's Bucket denizens where, where they look at Nathaniel and like, ah, you know, the cupcake, you know, cute kid. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so Nathaniel seems real relieved once he's up on the raft. Chalky, nice smile. Makes me smile every time. When I when I see Chalky smile, I smile. Yeah. A lovely moment. So, Chalky salutes, winks, slowly swims away off to the side, exits stage right, and uh, Nathaniel kind of a little panting, recovering himself after uh, his time underwater. And uh, watches Chalky swim away. And then we switch to a shot of a uh, bell on a string that uh, is, is ringing. And uh, we see Cappy come into focus, <laughs> looking in confusion at the bell as it wiggles <laughs> on the line. Pulls back, and Cappy's kind of sharpening a knife. He's got a nice, nice looking whetstone there that he's sharpening a knife on. Uh, Big Teddy, as usual, pulling on some rigging. He looks good pulling on rope. He spends most of his time on the boat working with rope. Two miles worth. <laughs> then we have Cappy you know, looks around. Has a bit of week already. And then Teddy turns around. Great line. Actually, it's been nine days. Time flies. Uh, Skunk comes walking into the picture with a little telescope and uh, says, I'll probably have to shovel him off that raft. Then the shot shifts, looking uh, at the aft of the ship, and a skunk peering down his telescope, flanked by Big Teddy and uh, Paps. Everybody looking all expectant and happy. A, a blocked-out shot with a circular view looking down the spyglass. And it's uh, Nathaniel jumping up and down on the raft, waving happily <laughs> with a giant pile of rope behind him that he's uh, been pulling in. Um, it's probably uh, lucky for Nathaniel that the raft hasn't capsized, given the weight of all the rope that's piled up on there. So then you get skunk. This kid ain't real. And that's more or less the end of the scene. Yeah. yeah. In the commentary, it seems like Resnick just kind of laughs and says, I forgot about that. I took it as he forgot about the character Chalky. Is that how you <laughs> yes. interpreted that? I yeah. thought about it too, yeah. So then uh, Mike Sachs chimes in, riff from the Jets. So Russ Tamlin played Chucky, uh, born December 30th, 1934, as Russell Irving Tamlin, born and raised in Los Angeles. And this might have helped him in this role. He was a trained gymnast in his youth, played Riff, the leader of the Jets gang in 1961's West Side Story. His child is actress Amber Tamblin. One of her more notable uh, roles is from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies. Uh, something I found interesting for you movie geeks out there, he was in Django Unchained. So he played a character listed in the credits as Son of a Gunfighter. Russ Tamblin was in a 1965 movie called son of a gunfighter and his daughter was also in django unchained who and she played the daughter of a son of a gunfighter aha yeah so he's been in a bunch of stuff 
more recently the 2018 Haunting of Hill House TV show. Uh, so they talk in the commentary, which I, I think we glazed over, uh, the fact that he's, his hair is dry when they shoot to him doing the salute scene. And uh, Resnick notes that that's kind of a blooper. So what, what do you think happened there? They just got him in the tank again, just didn't think about it. Was that intentional? If it was intentional, what does it mean? I think that it was just a function of, you know, they have the shot of him, quote unquote, underwater, his hair's dry. Then the next shot is him lifting Nathaniel up out of the water. And when they when they do that, he's wet, as is Nathaniel. Then the next shot is him saluting. And whether or not Resnick thought about it, I'm sure someone on the crew sat there and was like, nah, we're not figuring out how to keep <laughs> Tamblin dry <laughs> while he's lifting Nathaniel out. I mean, I'll just throw it out. You know, he is a mythical creature. Perhaps one of his attributes, uh, superpowers, is quick drying hair. Yeah, why not? Who wins the scene? I ended up going with Big Teddy. I think he nailed his lines. I think that the the other stuff, the beginning of this scene underwater was really slow. In the end, Big Teddy had me with his, his delivery. I gave it to Chalky, but I gave Big Teddy an honorable mention. I thought Chalky had the most presence in the scene. Big Teddy definitely comes in strong with his lines and facial expressions as well. But, I mean, Chalky makes a a bigger statement with his presence and appearance. Yeah, and all due respect, I don't see how you don't give this to Chalky. He's, (laughs) he's, He's only in the movie twice, right? And he just leaves such an impression. Three times. Yeah, oh, he, he bangs his head, too, right? Yeah. So it's just uh, such an iconic moment of the movie that uh, has to go to shock. That's me. All right. If Cabin Boy was a video game, what would happen in this minute? So the obvious one is in this scene, you get to switch over to play as Chalky, and you have to swim through the seas to go save Nathaniel before he drowns dodging various kind of sea creatures and things along the way. Uh, You'll cross paths with the christening wig at some point, perhaps for bonus points. And then uh, you go and pick up Nathaniel and get him back on the raft. If this was a theatrical production, I think you would have to play on the fact that even if you don't wind up getting Russ Tamblin to resurrect his role, you would have to do some sort of riff on West Side Story. And perhaps many, uh, you know, mythical beasts battle in a West Side Story kind of ripoff, because why not? Yeah, I mean, Chalky's the head of a gang of sharks. <laughs> they have to fight some cupcakes or something like that. Yeah. Of course. All right. Uh, call to actions, obviously. Of course, there's some sort of uh, Chalky fan fiction that needs to be made. And then in a broader sense, you know, a whole like Cimmerillion type of book that has all these mythical beasts of Hell's Bucket and all the lore therein of Hell's Bucket. Gags per minute. I got uh, eight. Number one, Chalky's entrance. Number two, Nathaniel's head shake. Number three, Chalky's wink and wave. Number four is... 
when Cappy says, has it been a week already? Number five is when Teddy says, actually, it's been nine days. Time flies. Number six, probably have to shovel him off that raft. Number seven, maybe if we're lucky, he'll die in a few hours. And number eight, Nathaniel waving and skunk saying, this kid ain't real. Very good. I also have eight. Number one is the first appearance of Chalky. And then number two is just Chalky. Then number three is the knee pat. Number four is Chucky's kind of the whole wave and a wink. And I even include the little dry hair into that whole bit. Number five is uh, actually it's been nine days. Time flies. Number six, we'll have to shovel him off that raft. Number seven is uh, Nathaniel waving and jumping up and down on the raft. And then number eight is this kid ain't real. Hmm. Okay. I had a GPM of seven. I did not give a gag to Chalky or his appearance. I did not think that that was put in there to be funny, so to speak. So GPM of seven, Nathaniel's head shake, the pat on the leg, the wink and salute from Chalky, the bell ringing, the week already, nine days, time flies, that whole thing, die in a few hours line, and this kid ain't real. Although... You guys pointing out Nathaniel jumping on the raft, and you are both in consideration of Chalky himself being a gag. Obviously, I should pull my GPM rating up, which would give us a GPM of 8. So you both will have to share a uh, LP of the West Side Story soundtrack, which has been signed by Russ Tamblin and the rest of the cast. Nice. Congratulations, gentlemen. Thanks. Funny, not funny. I went with funny. Saved by the dialogue. Funny. I was I was laughing throughout the entire back half of the minute. I I, I feel a lot of disrespect of Chalky and his funniness coming from you guys. But... <laughs> Chalky. So look, I like Chalky. Chalky puts a smile on my face. I don't know if I find Chalky inherently funny. Now, some of that may be that. Really? Yeah. Really. Really. <laughs> Not inherently funny. Yeah. What is he then? The amount of science fiction and fantasy I've consumed over the years, I don't look at Chalky and think to myself like, oh, what the hell is that? You know, it's just like, huh, okay, it's a half man, half shark, sure. I don't know. It, it, the thought actually sickens me too much to even try to engage in argument. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not denigrating. Chalky himself or the work that Russ Tamlin does, I'm just saying I don't find Chalky inherently funny versus the rest of the stuff that happened in the scene. I mean, his whole interaction with Nathaniel, the pat on the leg, the salute, that's great. It's all great. But just the half man, half shark itself, I don't find humorous. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us here on Cabin Boy Minute 37. We'll see you next week on Minute 38. Adios. Bye-bye. Thank you again for joining us on Cabin Boy Minute. Please help spread the word, tell your friends about us, and rate and subscribe on your podcast medium of choice. Check out our episode notes where you can find calls to action, details on how to support the pod, or leave us a message. 
or find us on Twitter at at Cabin Boy Minute. We look forward to joining you again next week. Bon voyage!